Hey, hey, it's Andy Anas. You're watching and or listening to another episode of Let's Rage Coops presented by the Saxinian family. Once again, this big shout out to the Saxinian family who has signed on to be the primary sponsor for Let's Rage Coops, carrying us through the American Athletic Conference tournament and we are coming off the heels this was the first game for the houston cougars as the number one team in the entire country in both the ap and coaches poll and boy that they look like the number one team in the country they absolutely dominated north north folk state from the beginning i mean tremont mark hit his first three and, and it was a wire to wire, wire victory for the cougars marcus sasser uh led all scores he had 25 points not 15 points like the ticker says right there he really got it going uh from three-point range houston's offense overall uh shot the ball lights out they they ended up hitting 17 threes on the night they were 38 to 66 overall from the field 57.6 percent uh shooting from the field i think most importantly they had 38 field goals uh 24 20 um 26 of those 38 made field goals came off assists which is something that kelvin sampson talked about after the game but before we get into any specifics day on chris i'm gonna toss it over to you guys how are you doing Doing great, man. Dan, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, man. We're family. Great. Uh, the win was expected. One big key is Andy touched on was the ball movement and player movement was different and better than it was Saturday against Kent State. Practice time helped. Healthy players helped. Um, you know, we didn't know about the illness issue that the team faced last was, was going through last week until coach mentioned it yesterday in his uh, media session with us. So that was something, but he, he was not taking anything away from Kent state and their performance and their effort, but healthy Cougars, more practice time for the Cougars helped and Norfolk state was at the wrong spot at the wrong time. The Cougs make 17 threes, shoot 50% from three, they are going to be very, very, very hard to beat against anybody. 152, Cougs 7-0. Let's talk about it. And it's crazy because Coach Sampson said after the last game that our next game we can make and make every shot, and they almost just did that. That's what, that's what, that's what I was thinking as I was watching that game. So what do you think? And, and we already got Joe Mendez and Sean joining us on, on YouTube and everybody's watching on Twitter as well on Paul my Jam and Andy's Twitter accounts. But it's the first game after being ranked number one in the country. Dan, I haven't talked to you since the, it was official. So have you had a chance to to uh, stick out your chest to anybody talking junk to you that, that uh, the Cougs are number one in the country? No, nah, no one has said nothing yet. They still they kind of saying we haven't played anyone. But... Um... They, they, well, I'm glad we put up a statement win today after coming back how we played last week. This one, this one was much needed. And finally, Marcus started hitting his jumper. He's been playing well all year, but it's been primarily off the dribble because the three wasn't falling. So this game, he finally got in the rhythm and finally started knocking down the threes that he couldn't miss. And so really everyone had it going today. And so it was really good to see them start knocking down their jumpers. If they can make jumpers like you said, like that, Chris, at that rate, it would definitely going to be hard to beat, for and, sure. And, and let me say this, Eddie. I don't know if you're going to play the clip or not, but Brian Elvin, everybody played well tonight. Ryan Elvin came in five minutes, scored, rebound, steal. But Coach Sampson said, he, and he, he said it, I think, for everybody, media fans as well, Ryan Elvin is a basketball player. He's had a novelty, okay? He competes with the guys. He makes Marcus and Jamon, Jamal better in practice. Now, a couple years ago, Ryan has, made a, has improved his game from the time as a freshman to now. So that's salute to him and his work ethic. He's, he's gotten stronger, you know, so kudos to him. He's not just a novelty. Yes, the fans are chanting Elvin, Elvin, all those things, you know, down the stretch of the game. But Coach Sampson wanted to let all of us know, Ryan can play basketball. He's a good player. Okay, he's not in the rotation, but he's a good player. Just want to put, put that out there. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it myself, uh, any better myself just because of, again, every time he touches the ball, the crowd erupts. And they, uh, like Samson mentioned it, they, they do kind of act a little bit like um, 
I don't know. They they make it a, a special emphasis when it's not needed. Um, and like you said, he he's a great basketball player, but um, it's always good to see him do well. But before we go forward and and hear what Kelvin Sampson have to say after Houston's big win over Norfolk State, I do want to give a shout out to first and foremost. Uh, the Saxonian family for being the primary sponsor of Let's Rage Cougs, carrying us throughout the American Athletic Conference Tournament. It is Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Saxonian family, wherever you may be listening. However, you may be listening. For those of you tuning in live, be sure to check out in the comments. Let us know what you thought about Houston's big win over Norfolk State, but also our other sponsors, first and foremost, Houston and the, the Micro Collective Hoop and Holler. They have been a big sponsor of Let's Reach Cougs throughout, on back to the football season and now into the basketball season. Hoop and Holler, the Houston Cougars, Micro Collective, they are the entity behind the Star Pizza commercials who... Um, is another sponsor of today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs, presented by the Saxonian family, Star Pizza, Houston's best pizza since 1976. Also want to big, uh, give a big shout-out to BB's, the home of Tex Orleans Cookie. They are another sponsor of Let's Rage Cougs, presented by the Saxonian family. BB's, be sure to follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BB's Tex Orleans. That's at BB's Tex Orleans. And last but not least, I do want to give a big shout-out to the Fritz Kennel. They are a family-owned and operated business that specializes in dog and cat boarding, daycare, and bathing. If you are going out of town and need a home for your furry friend, be sure to check out our guys at the Fritz Kennel. Whenever you stop by at any of these local businesses, be sure to tell them that Let's Rage Cooks sent you by. And be sure to, this is a partnership with all of our sponsors, be sure to tell them that you heard about them on Let's Rage Cooks. Once again, Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Saxonian family. Now, before before I do toss it over to Kelvin, I do want to get your thoughts, Chris and, and Dayon, some of the things he touched on. Um, something that uh, really he said after the practice, or not after the practice, after the game on Saturday against Kent State, where they really didn't have that opportunity, Chris, you alluded to, to practice following the Oregon game during that Thanksgiving week because of the illnesses, the sickness that they had to deal with. I mean, there were players that were down left and right. Jamal Shedd, Reggie Chaney, like you alluded to, Chris. Ramon Walker wasn't on the, the floor for Houston. I don't think he was at the yeah, stadium. He's still, he's still dealing yeah, he's still with that sickness. And Kelvin Sampson said that um, he told them to, to stay away from the program until he's feeling 100%. But um, that's something that really affected them. It didn't allow them to, to get a lot of – practice done what kelvin said and you know, they got the opportunity to have back-to-back practices on sunday and monday and then they made the best of it and it looked like a, they, they were able to make the best of it from those practices and kelvin sampson said the emphasis uh, throughout those two practices was on offense and really he said the emphasis on saturday or on tonight on tuesday night was body movement ball movement and execution. He felt that this past Saturday against Tate, there was a Kent State, it was a lot more of isolation ball for Houston, which I mean, he said at times they might need isolation to win ball games, but against Kent State, it really they, they really struggled to be able to do that today. A lot more ball movement, like alluded to, 26 assists to those 38 made field goals. It just seemed like they that like Kelvin himself said, it the offense looked much more crisp. And from the jump, they I mean they were just hitting all their shots, which is a bad bonus. Um it's not going to be a lot of teams in the country that can beat Houston, certainly compete with Houston when they're hitting their shots like they did today, shooting over 50% from the field. Coons made 10 threes in the first half. Okay. They're, not many of us expect that. Okay. From the Cougs, but 10 threes in the first half out of 18 attempts. So when the shots are falling, when the ball is moving around and the players, the bodies are moving, it's not just standing still. It's much of a, a flowing off a rhythm to the offense. Dan likes to use it, the rhythm, a comment. They had much more rhythm, a better rhythm tonight. And it showed they're much more effective. They had five guys scoring double digits. Jarris Walker was next with nine points, eight rebounds. He was healthy. Coach mentioned to us that Jarris is dealing with like a, a strain, a hamstring strain, something like that. And he, he said that he really shouldn't have played Jarris Saturday because Jarris just wasn't filling up to, you know, he thought. But Jarris said he wanted to play and give it a go. But we saw that Jarris was not explosive. And the Jarris that we're used to seeing in his, his young career here so far at Houston, he was better tonight. Everybody played well tonight. So, you know, what we saw getting back to Ramon being sick, that's why Emmanuel Sharp got minutes early in the first half because Ramon wasn't there. 
those minutes would have gone to Ramon. And then on the stretch, you saw Ryan, you saw Jamal Shell on the floor because they didn't have another guard. You did not have Ramon to uh, take out Jamal and let Ramon close out the game. So you'll see how important a healthy backcourt is to this team. Yeah, definitely, for sure. And definitely about the rhythm. That was the main thing. They played in a good flow and a good rhythm throughout the game. And especially uh, Jamal, he started it off. When, and when his jumper was falling, that, and that's another thing, because he was kind of off and on throughout the first couple of games. Today he was efficient. He made, what, his first three? No, he made it, I think his first Four for four for three. Four for okay. three, perfect. Yeah, yeah. four, Okay. Man, and of course he was playmaking. So I think he's very important. He's really, in my opinion, one of our irreplaceable players this year. I think he's one of the – we're going to go as far as he's going to take us, him and Marcus. And like Coach Sampson and like Andy just said, Coach, we need somebody that's going to isolate, and that's to close games mm-hmm. like Marcus. And he can do that. And so, man, I, I can't. It's just pretty domination. Everybody played well. Everybody shined. Everybody. It really looked like an exhibition game, honestly. Yeah, at times it did. At times it did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and Norfolk State is a solid team. Okay. They're not they a played, good state. They played okay. Baylor and UCLA. Uh, I know. I saw um, the same, yeah. but the same results, though. You know, they, they oh, were. They played Baylor a little tougher. Yeah, they were closer to with yeah. Baylor. To like the last twenty seven ten minutes of that game, seventeen. You know, 17. wow, so seventeen. Okay, they, yeah, they that was, that game was more competitive, a little bit longer than this one tonight. But they're they're like Kent State. But uh, the way the Cougs shot the ball tonight, I'm not sure if no folks they would have if it made any difference <laughs> what they did tonight. But this one of the nights, just like Saturday, just one of those games. Matchups is all part of sports, and the Cougs had it rolling tonight, and no folks they just got in the way. But let's talk about JVA Francis. Go ahead. What was going to say, Deion? Go ahead. No, I'm just going to add, just thinking about can we get the, the home crowd? I think it was the home effect, too. Home court, number one, like everybody was hyped. And I think really it made me think about when the tough teams we got coming in and can our home court advantage be really, really good like that? And can we really play this well? We might not shoot this well every time, but can we, can we really play this well and be tough to beat at home? And win our home games, especially the ones coming up. Yeah, yeah, Andy. I don't know the order, the sequence you want to play the clips, but um, Tremont and Marcus said post game. They talked about that. Mm-hmm. They talked about the fan support, the fan base. Every, the, every time it seemed like I'm there. You know. No, and yeah, and you beat you beat <laughs> it to it. I, I guess we we might as well just segue into that clip, and then we'll 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 change we'll change things up. We'll save Kelvin Sampson for last. But before we do, I'd like to remind everyone whether you may be uh, wherever you may be listening, however you may be watching, whether it's live or on the playback audio only versions on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and wherever else you listen to your podcast. You are listening to Let's Rage Cougs, presented by the Saxonian family, the primary sponsor of Let's Rage Cougs, carrying us through the American Athletic Conference tournament, and we also want to give a shout out to our sponsor role i'm gonna start, I, I gave this a nickname this is gonna be sponsor role now i know you have a media role you have radio role whenever the super bowl is in town this is sponsor role for let's rage coogs um we're not doing as much raging as we did on saturday night that's something that that ryan uh, <laughs> uh of go coogs started what raging but we are this is let's rage coogs and we do want to give a shout out to our sponsors. And we'll start with the Fritz Kennel. This time, a family owned and operated business that specializes in dog and cat boarding, daycares, and bathing. If you're going out of town and need a home for your furry friend, be sure to make it the Fritz Kennel. Once again, the family owned business located at 9513 Yuppendale Drive in Houston, Texas. A big shout out to BB's, the home of Tex Orleans Cooking. BB's, another sponsor of Let's Reach Coogs. Be sure to follow them on social media at BB's Tex Orleans. That's at BB's Tex Orleans on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And last but not least, the Coop and Holler, the Houston Cougars Micro Collective. They are the entity behind. The DeAnthony Jones Sack Ave commercials, First Star Pizza. They've had a whole bunch of different commercials in the past, including Hawk. So kind of segue into our final sponsor, Star Pizza, Houston's best pizza since 1976. And on that note, I'll toss it over to Marcus Sasser postgame. Talked about various things, including just the offense overall, what he 
from his perspective, how he felt the offense gelled well against Norfolk State. He talked a little bit about seeing a couple of shots go in for him, and then he capped it, he capped it off with talking about the crowd atmosphere. And you'll hear Tremont Mark talking about the crowd as well. Said earlier, um, we worked on our offense a lot um, the last two practices, so just being in the right spots, really. And I think Jamal, Tremont, um, Juan, and Jerry's did a good job, you know, not trying to force anything, make singles. I think um, just knock it down to open shots. So I think that's. Come off the game that, you know, there were things that were part of Saturday's performance, but uh, was it nice to, to be able to come out and have those shots fall, maybe? You know? Yeah, it just um, to give me like a little confidence boost, you know, just. I feel like I've been taking a lot of good shots, but, you know, just not seeing them fall, you ain't going to make every one. But. Like you said, it was good for me to see, you know, shots fall tonight. Um, to have momentum into going into the next game. This year, uh, just for a Tuesday night crowd, you know, coming in number one, what do you think about that and just how they energize y'all? Uh, yeah, I want to give them a big thanks for sure. Uh, I feel like this year they stepped up big time. Um, just being there, I feel like it's been a real home court advantage a little bit. You know, they got us going, especially that Saturday game. Um, that was Saturday, huh? We played Penn State. Yeah, especially that game, it was just there. Uh, we feed off them, so I give a big thanks to them and the band. Yeah, I give a big shout out to the fan base too, because without them, we wouldn't be where we are right now. Our fan base is just, they got us through that, that can't stay there for sure, so I just a big shout out to them. Appreciate them. So there you had it. You heard from Marcus Sasser and Tromon Mark. I mean, where do you guys want to start? Do you want to start with the offense that, that Marcus Sasser talked for? That atmosphere, I mean, you heard. I mean, you know what? Let's just start with that atmosphere because we were talking about it before we led into those clips. And Tromon Mark himself, um, he hit it right there. He said the crowd really gave the team a boost on Saturday, especially after they got down by 10 points early. Every time Houston made a rally, that crowd got up. And, and it they really did provide a boost for that Houston offense because whenever they finally were able to get over the hump, take the lead uh, multiple times, including in the second half when they went on that 15-0 run. The crowd, that, for that point, that was the loudest I had heard it all season. I think uh, Ryan Elvin shots to Tonight might have uh, might have topped that, and yeah. I'm not I'm not exaggerating at that. I feel like that um, those two might be the loudest points for Tita Center has been so far this season. Um, but they they certainly Marcus has in the clip. He said he feels that the crowd has stepped up so far this season, and it's it's an impact and it's a noticeable impact because Calvin Sampson gave the same thing. He had high praise for the crowd just a few days ago during his uh, Zoom availability with reporters. I I, I boy, I'm not. Yeah, well, yeah, I am. <clears throat> the atmosphere inside Fertitta Center is just way, way better than across the street at TDECU Stadium. Okay, so the fans, basketball fans are hyped. They're excited. They got a team that's got them hyped. Football team, well, football team doesn't have them hyped. So you just, you can take the comparison right there and, and I'll leave it at that. But yeah, the fans were still dealing with traffic construction all those things but they were here and they were loud so it's it's better in a november than it probably has been recent november so that's a good sign and then going forward i'm i'm looking forward to that game on the 10th of december against against alabama two o'clock saturday afternoon abc this place should be just rocking so i'm looking forward to that man. yeah i'm looking forward to that too and, and that's what it seemed like. I haven't been there, so I got to lean on you guys and, and, and get live through y'all. But I, I, I just can tell that it seemed like that way on TV. And I, I've been in the Fatita Center and went at its peak when it's been rocking, and I know what it can be. And so it, it's good to see that, and it's good to hear it, that you guys kind of confirm what I'm seeing. And Andrew, want to get your, you know, your thoughts on it as well. You know, the Cougs are number one now. They may not be number one for the whole season. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that's going to matter to the fans. The fans love this team. They love this program. And, and as, as uh, John Lynn comments, this team, they believe in this team. This team gives them hope of what could be. You know, it's hard to win a championship in college basketball because one and done tournament stop. But fans believe this team has a chance to compete for a championship this year. So they are hype, hype, hype 
for home games this season. And we're just going to enjoy the ride. And it means something being number one to fans. That's what I, t- I told Andy. Mostly it, it means something for fans. It, it, yeah. You know, it's, it's something to hang your hat on. Yeah. Every game from here on out until – and because we always going to be – whether if we do lose a game and we drop, we will never drop probably after about the top ten. Yeah, so I mean, we can be in the top ten, probably within the top five all year. And so, but it means something to be in number one. So I expect the crowd to be what I'm hearing you guys confirming and what it should be. Yeah, King's King's comment. Yeah, I, I gotta say, the game day experience when ESPN was here, and then USC UCF won the game. That crowd, that crowd was something else, and that that was something else. But Alabama on December 10th. I, I, I'm not telling Lauren Sampson how to do her job, but that week prior to that game, they need to play the clip, the goaltending call, non-call, whatever, over mm-hmm. and over and over because the fans still talk about that. <laughs> still, I'm, about the, I'm, about, I'm about the players, coaches, none of that. I'm talking about the fans have not forgotten that. So they are going to be hyped, super hyped, overhyped, for that because they feel like the rest took that game from their Cougars. Yeah, absolutely. And, and a potential with, with how high ranked, obviously we know where Houston is, uh, but Alabama, they're going to have a couple of, uh, by the way, you know what, let me, let me check the outcome of the game, but they're, they're, that's, that's going to be the game. Like you mentioned, Chris, that fans have had scheduled since, well, since the non-conference schedule came out, by the way, Virginia's, just came back and rallied, and they tied the game currently uh, with Michigan. That game's tied at 65, so that's that's going to be an interesting game down the road as well, December 17th, when Houston has to go up there and, and face off against the Cavaliers. But you know that other part of the clip from Marcus Sasser, where he's talking about the offense, uh, in particular, he kind of alluded to, we're going to have, we're going to hear from Kelvin Sampson in a second. Um, but again, he kind of alluded to, that's the emphasis that they had on practice. He just felt overall uh, the team was just in the right spots, and they did a much better job at being able to pass the ball. And then, obviously, the biggest thing is that the shots fell, so that's why the offense looked just as good. But I think overall, what are your guys' thoughts on what Marcus Sasser had to say about uh, what he felt, what he saw from the team's offense? Well, I want to add this so Dan can comment on, on this because, you know, being out of town, he didn't hear it. But Coach Sampson is candid as always. But one of his comments was – they have not spent a lot of time on offense mm-hmm. so far this season. So the Cougar defense, rebounding, the culture, part of it, that's who they are. So these last two days of practice, they spent more time on offense. Most time they probably, more time they've probably spent so far this season. So we saw a result of the practice spent on offense, more flow, more rhythm. So I think that's helped, and then that's going to continue to help the offense improve as this season progresses because everybody expects the defense is a constant. Just got to get the offense to continue getting better. And then if it's as good as the defense, look out. Also, I think we did a great job of playing in transition. Another thing Coach Sampson mentioned that he wanted to do better, and I think they did a better job of that tonight, playing in transition and not playing in the half court so much. Because they did, once they got in transition, they moved the ball, and that's when they got a lot of open looks. And, and also, Jamal controlled the pace of the game. I think when it was time to get out in the fast court, he pushed the pace, and then it was time to slow it down and get into one of their sets. They executed, and so man, it was it was just a, a one of those games, one of, a statement game. I, I feel like <laughs> I oh, they turned off the lights for you, uh, Chris. Deserved to be number one. I don't, I don't know what's up with that. I mean, they say I'm sitting here, you know, put the lights off, turn the lights off behind me and everything. Man, oh, man. We're not here any later than we've been before so far this season, so I don't know what the, what the deal is. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm just got more shine to my shiny bald head. That's okay. <laughs> uh, we have to – we need a – we need I, we need to figure out a way to, to just brightness. I don't know if, if StreamYard has that, but um, that's interesting. Dan, to your point in regards to Jamal Shedd, that he, he honestly kind of had a bit of an underrated game. He finished with a double-double, but like you said, being able to control uh, the tempo for Houston, being able to really create 
a lot for Houston. He finished with 12 points. He hit all four of his threes. And interesting that all the shots he took were three. He took four threes. He made all four. That's all he shot on the night. He also had 11 assists for that double double. He only had three turnovers, which again, a decrease from uh, what you saw Saturday night against Kent State. But overall, Chris, I'm curious to get your thoughts on what you saw from Shed and uh, a bit of an injury scare that he had too when he had to limp off towards uh, the middle of the second half towards the bench. He came back and played later on in the game and actually finished the game on the court, which again, something Samson said um, really, and it was in part, is how the team has been affected by the illness because since they did not have Ramon Walker, he had to keep Jamal Shed in the game late. And Jamal was battling leg cramps. I think Jarris had a little leg strain, something as well in the second half. So that was a concern, you know, no Ramon. So that's why Jamal finished the game. And Jamal has had a shoulder issue last week and being sick. So they're dealing with stuff right now. Better to have it happen in November than April or March. So let's get it out the way. Uh, the Cougars are, have been working on zone offenses and utilizing zone defense. Something Coach said t- today, he mentioned to us after the game, that they implemented a little zone defense themselves. Yeah. For the first time this season, but for the first time since their game against the road game against Wichita State last year, they went to zone. And that was a well, that game there was a classic. But coaches trying to oh now they got time they turned off spotlight. Now they got everything. So I think it's on a time or something. Because everybody's in the dark now. Well, <laughs> so, yeah, but hey, I have my we have our own lights here. You but see? Yeah, so I'm in a spotlight, you know, so right here. Oh, oh they're back, okay. they're back on. I don't know so, what's going on. We're having super, a lot of streaming here in oh, St. Peter Center. Cleaning crew is here, but somebody else is turning off the lights around us. So, but the Cougs work. I think, I don't know what clip you're going to play, Andy, but one thing Coach Sampson mentioned is they worked more in the ball movement, player movement, their zone offense, much, much crisper, better passing. He said, with Norfolk went to that zone tonight, we were ready for it. And they sure were. Absolutely. And that, on that note, uh, before we segue and hear what Calvin Sampson had to say, once again, a reminder, you are watching and or listening, wherever you may be listening, however you may be doing so, whether live or after you are listening to Let's Rage Cooch presented by the Saxinian family, the Saxinian family, the primary sponsor of Let's Rage Cooch for the remainder of the regular season and into the American Athletic Conference tournament once again you are listening or watching to let's reach coops presented by the saxinian family and as i segue over to sponsor role once again big shout out to all our sponsors starting with hoop and holler the houston cougars sports micro collective they are the entity behind the star pizza commercials who uh, as the lights dim again inside the fertita center is and completely go dark after that um star pizza houston's best pizza since 1976 also want to give a huge shout out to BB's, the home of Tex Orleans Cooking. BB's, multiple locations uh, scattered across the Houston area. Now they're just playing with us with the lights. They're just turning it on and off. Um, BB's, multiple locations across the Houston area. If you, I'm sure if you are watching the show, have tuned in. You guys have are, are aware of the cool name, image, and likeness deal that they had with the men's basketball team a few days ago where multiple players scattered across the different locations across the Houston area were able to go in and just have a good time at, at various restaurants. Be sure to follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BB's Text Orleans. That's at BB's Text Orleans. And last but not least, a big shout-out to the Fritz Kennel, the family-owned and operated business that specializes in dog and cat boarding daycare and bathing if you are going out of town and need a home for your furry friend be sure to make it the fruit scandal located at 9513 up and Dell drive houston texas if you want to reach out to them do so at 713-464-9852 and before they turn off the lights again here's what head coach kelvin samson had to say post game following houston's 100 to 52 victory over Norfolk State. Um, I mean, I see that every day. So that's our culture. You know, could have been scripted better. You know, great hustle play and unselfish play to finish. That's uh, it's, uh, it's the way we practice. We got to move There's some accountability for those kind of plays. Um, um, you know, we've been doing that for a long time around here. It didn't start this year or last year. Go ahead, Jesse. Kelvin, the things from Saturday that you had wanted to mm-hmm. address. Turnovers were down, mm-hmm. the shooting 
was up, you know, just. Well, the biggest thing is we got to practice. And that was just bad offensive performance. Uh, I didn't get mad at him about that. I mean, we didn't practice. Jarvis, uh, you know, hurt his hamstring. And, um, and that was a good team. You know, everybody wants to compare scores. I, I know how good Portland, I mean, uh, Kent State was. You know, I watched Portland. Portland could have easily beat Michigan State. Could have easily beat North Carolina. Kent State beat them by 20, beat Portland. So we, we knew that. Uh, but, you know, um, the whole week was thrown off for us, uh, and that doesn't take anything away from Kent State. Kent State's, you know, is going to win twenty some games and be an NCAA tournament team. But we were stagnant; we weren't moving. The ball wasn't moving, um, and that's not who we are. You know, we're better than that. But I knew that, um, uh, you know, we our defense is always ahead of our offense early in the season. Always has been. But I never worry about our offense because I know that once we start working on things like tonight. As soon as they popped in that zone, we were crisp. We knew exactly where the ball was going. The ball moved. We got inside out. The ball got reversed. We made extra passes. Well, we practiced that all week. Uh, man to man, uh, every time the ball moved, somebody else moved. You know, that's why we had so many assists tonight. Um, Saturday, we were, ba- we were basically an ISO team, and we're no good being an ISO team. Uh, now, there'll be games when we have to ISO. But uh, tonight, the emphasis was on ball movement, body movement, and execution. So uh, it was nice to see the ball go in. You know, Marcus has Marcus is, uh, been taking uh, mostly good shots. He's forced some. Um, but tonight, I just thought his efficiency. Uh, but the guy that got us going early was Tremont. You know, Tremont is, uh, you know, if you get he didn't play last year. You know, he was a freshman year before, so it's not like he's a seasoned veteran. He's not a veteran. But Marcus is a veteran, but Mark, uh, Tremont is not. That's why Tremont's best basketball is way ahead of him. Um, but, you know, we, we got some good practice, and, uh, even though it was a quick turnaround. But, you know, Sunday, we worked on our, uh, we, you know, I'm not going to give you any of the trade secrets, but we have calls for stuff, um, terminology for stuff. So we, we worked on uh, offense. It's probably the first time our year that's all we did was work on offense. Usually we're so defense dominant. But um, last two days we were offense dominant. Last two days they were offense dominant. I think uh, something that it wasn't on that clip, but he kind of alluded to it, reminded me when he was talking about Marcus Sasser and really how he needed to see the, the ball go in there that helped him first confidence. He also talked about how he gives a lot of his best players uh, freedom on that offensive end. But he did say he, he, he the moment he starts seeing that, that they get selfish with it, he'll be abuse it. that they abuse it. That they'll be quick. He'll be quick to uh, reel it back in and shut it down. But I, again, that just goes to show. Um, it, it's interesting, just from hearing that clip that he says that the emphasis went off on offense. Which, um, he said that early on, if you try to focus on on too many things as a team, you're never going to be good at one thing. So he likes to focus specifically on defense and just uh, their identity, their culture, making all those uh, hustle plays. Which, um, at the beginning of that clip, he was alluding to. Uh, one play in particular when Marcus Sasser kind of forced the ball loose. It, it was loose ball. Reggie Chaney kind of fell on the floor trying to, to get the ball, and then Tremont Mark dived, and he actually was the one that got the ball, got it to Jawan Roberts, and he had the slam dunk, which at least at that point in the game, that was another one of the moments where Fertitta Center crowd got really, really loud. And, you know, that just goes to show the type of um, fan base that Houston has, the most energized they are. Um, not counting the, the Ryan Elvin moments, like during the game, the most loudest that they got was when they see those type of culture plays. When you see players diving on the floor, hitting the hardwood, that's really when the Fertitta Center gets loud. We saw it again um, just a few days ago on Saturday night against uh, – or Saturday afternoon against uh, against Kent State. The fans and just saw the you know, 6-6 H-Town comment, they love this team's heart, grit, hustle, and this is – the culture that Coach Sampson and his staff have established, created, built. This is what they're known for. You know, we talked about it on the football version of Les Red Cougs. What is the culture of the football team? What are they known for? But we know what the basketball culture is. We know what it is. And there's no question what it is. 
So it's a non-negotiable for Houston. Yeah. You know, in your comment about coach gives some some of his players, his best players, freedom. But if they abuse it, he'll take it from them. And that's non-negotiable. Mm -hmm. Okay. He holds everybody accountable. Everybody has their roles. But if you step out of your role and become selfish, Coach Sampson is going to put you in place and remind you of your role on this team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I was just thinking about, I remember when I said last week I wanted to see Chamon be more aggressive. And, and that's what I was good at to see that tonight. He was aggressive, and it, and he's been hitting his, his, his three pretty much um, all year, but he was hitting it. He hit, the, he hit the first three. Remember, last game they got him going. Then Marcus came down and hit a three, and they kind of closed it off. But tonight he he hit his first one, and he, he was aggressive because he really can score. I mean, uh, he, he really can score. So, and so him getting, getting more aggressive, getting more experienced, like Coach Sampson mentioned, um, getting more rhythm, I think his best. But just like Coach Sampson said, everything he said, that's what I was I, that's what I was good to hear, glad to hear about Tremont Mark because he – can be special, I think. He, I think he has the potential to be special when he finishes developing and leave out of Houston. And I, I think the players individually are trying to figure out when to be aggressive because Javon, out of these first seven games, I think he's been aggressive two or three games. Yeah. Jarris, two or three games. So, you know, Marcus, so they, it, but it's all in the rhythm, though, because you look at the number of shots. They're all mm -hmm. getting their shots, and they do a good job of riding the high hand. Yes. And so if somebody is making their shots, then they're going to keep calling six to get him the ball until – but tonight it's like, okay, he making his, everybody making his, everybody's eating. But on yep. a given given yeah. night, if, if Jerry's make his first couple of attempts, then we'll keep feeding him and keep feeding him with, with anyone. And so – I think that's another thing that makes Coach Sampson the staff great. Like once you hot, no matter who you are, if you are if you're a bench player, like Terrence when he came in again uh, in Oregon, and he was hot, well, we yeah. rolled him until uh, until as long. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, and and at some points, Coach has said it to anyone who's listening, follow the program. He doesn't overthink it. Like Dion says, if it got a hot hand, we can call the same play yeah. <laughs> until that hot hand cools off, and we'll go to something else. But don't overthink it. Sometimes basketball is very simple. The game will, will dictate what you can do and what works for you. And as long as it's working, let it ride. Absolutely. And on that note, I do like to remind everyone watching and or listening that they are tuning in to Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Saxonian family. Let's Rage Cougs, the unofficial postgame show for Houston men's basketball and football. Um, I do want to mentioned a comment that this in and of itself we could have a sponsored question of the uh show and on this one we just went with a generic question who was your guys's player of the game and why gian cardenas says it was jamal shed the way he was distributing the ball was amazing kind of reminded me a little bit of cp3 when he was with the rockets which dan i know you like that chris paul comparison for jamar for Jamal Shedd, uh, 66 h-town says jamal mark because he was aggressive or sasser marcus sasser because he found his shot uh, so once again, that is our question for the show. Who was your guy? Who was your guys's player of the game, and why? We love to hear your guys' comments. And on that note, I do want to give one uh, more acknowledgement to our sponsor role, starting with Hoop and Holla's Houston Cougars Micro Collective. They are the entity behind the Star Pizza commercials, such as the DeAnthony Jones Sackaff commercial. Star Pizza, another one of our sponsors for today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs, presented by the Saxonian family. Star Pizza, Houston's best pizza since 1976. Uh, big shout out to our other sponsor, the Fritz Kennel, the family owned and operated business that specializes in dog and cat boarding, daycare and bathing. The Fritz Kennel, if you're going out of town and need a home for your furry friend, make sure it's our guys at the Fritz Kennel. And last but not least, BB's, the home of Tex Orleans Cooking with multiple locations across the Houston area. Be sure to visit at any one of their locations. Be sure to give them a follow on social media at BB's Tex Orleans on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's at BB's Tex Orleans on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. On that note, the one player that we haven't spoke about, I guess we haven't really spoke about two, um, and it is, they're both forwards. And 
we we kind of mentioned it. It seemed like we were going to allude to, to JVA Francis, but Kelvin Sampson, once again, he kind of reiterated. He had uh, the high remarks for JVA Francis, and I think this is interesting. Kelvin kind of peeled back a little bit more of the layer in terms of the, the where Houston was in the offseason. He alluded to the transfer portal the transfer portal and where the team was, they were really uh, focusing on bringing in another front court player from that transfer portal. Chris, I know there was a lot of rumors on who exactly that player would be. He's currently at the next level now playing in the NBA. Um, right. He's been dominant. He's been, I mean, he's had some impressive moments in the NBA, but he kind of doubled down on JVA Francis. And it's funny because he mentioned the transfer portal in, in terms of what Houston was looking at, but then he also mentioned um, why it's important. Now he's only, I didn't know this. JVA Francis is only 19 years old and they said that he had just turned 19. Yeah, so he is like extremely the last few, few weeks or in October. Yeah. He is extremely young, but he went on and said, you know, this is a very important year for JVA because he just needed, he needed to get on the court and get that experience through by, you know, actually playing by getting put through the fire. That's something that he didn't get a lot of chance last season when he would see the court. It wouldn't be uh, during stretches like we have seen uh, during this season. Uh, he's not been relied on for, for long stretches, but he has shown flashes, and he is playing a much more significant, a much more um, consistent role for the Houston Cougars this season. So I'm curious to get your thoughts on uh, what you guys saw from JVA Francis in this game. He finished with, I mean, he got in double figures. He had 11 points, eight rebounds. It seems like he's on fast track. He always seems to be finding a way to impact winning or impact the game with those winning, impact winning plays. In particular, I know Houston head coach Kevin Sampson, what he really loves is that rebounding stat. Well, let's not forget, not too long ago, Coach Sampson made the comment that his wife, Karen, had the same number of rebounds as JVA Francis in the game against Oregon. Okay, so that yeah. was JVA's bad game. So he's still young, basically a freshman, so up and down. He's not That's consistent. Coach. Good. But tonight, he played very well. Level competition. You know, he's better than Norfolk State players. Okay. So as he gets better and more consistent, let's see what he does against better talent, more talented big men. His potential is off the charts because we've seen him in practice working with his post moves and his post moves coach touched on it tonight as well. He can score on the block with his left or right hand. So not many big men can do that. He just got to do it consistently. The effort, rebounding is effort. Okay, it's not just a question of how tall you are. It's effort. So for a big man in, in a coup uniform to get zero rebounds, that's a problem. <laughs> so he's been better since then. And I doubt if we'll see him play seven minutes or more and not get a rebound in a game the rest of this season. And to, to add on to your point, Chris, before I toss it over to you, Dayon, kind of the similar thing that Calvin said about Jairus a few games ago when he was talking about, again, adding to your point about consistency and going back to that tic-tac-toe analogy where they need to start stringing together a series of O's and a series of X's. That's where JVA Francis, again, I didn't know he was only, had barely turned 19 years old. He falls into that category of he's technically not a freshman, but when it comes to experience-wise, he certainly is in that freshman category. Yeah, and I think the main thing for him is getting experience. I think all of it is good experience. And, and like Chris mentioned, you see the potential. So as he gains more experience and then get confidence within that experience, bigger spots, you see the potential. And then you just let it blossom, let it continue to develop. And so I really like what I was seeing against him. Like, like Chris said, he was bigger and better than the big man against North, against North Fork State. And, and but, <laughs> Go ahead, Dan, because I got – when go I ahead, say go this, it's going to sound like I'm throwing a rock at folks, but go ahead. <laughs> um, this is what I is disappointing that we can't show more content from Zoom calls mm -hmm. because Coach Samson acknowledged that Reggie Cheney. I think it was to your question, Andy, about Reggie Cheney and how Reggie, as the leader of the front court, he works with JVA on yeah. what, what to expect post moves and things like that but in the program coach samson added and next year it'll be jva working with jacob mcfarland and big fellow uh was cedric lot because it's just part of what's expected in the cougar program you learn from the vets 
then it's when you're when it's your time as a vet you teach the young players the ways of the culture of the program so that's just another little comment that we cannot all share because we're on restrictions (laughs) so yeah and i I mean on that note that's a good segue to for the people that are watching be sure to um chris as always thank you for allowing us to use the houston round bar review platform to be able to to be the home of let's rage cougs but also be sure to follow us on pod slime jamma the pod slime jamma youtube account where they can find that clip about uh, kelvin sampson talking about reggie cheney and like you said that impact it again it just goes back to that culture where one of the big emphasis and there's so many emphasis when it comes to the culture but one of them is and he alluded to in that clip that can be found on pod slime jamma but he talked about how it, it's always important for the program to help the people behind you and get them caught up to speed. And like you said, that's what Reggie Cheney is doing specifically to JVA Francis on that, in that question. He also said, you know, he, he leaned in, he heard them, they're, they're always talking and he was, Reggie Cheney was coaching JVA Francis one of the times and, and talking about specific things. So that's something that, again, going back to culture programs, identity of programs, it's players buying in um, and, Again, that's a thanks for putting that out there, Chris. It's a good segue to send people over to the Pod Slime and Jamma YouTube channel if they haven't done so already. But um, real quickly, since it, it's in the comments and it's that game went final, future Houston opponent number three Virginia came back and they defeated Michigan seventy to sixty eight. Final is the score there, so they got another win. They are now also seven to zero, same mark as Houston. So um, it's interesting to see. You know what? I'm gonna start doing across the across the uh, maybe I'll add that down the road across the conference across the country uh, scoreboards. But Virginia did outlast Michigan and they came back to win. I think oh the day on they were down six in in the second half in the closing uh, winning moments of the second half. But um, on that note, focusing back to Houston, the, the final player um, that we haven't really touched on that's uh, Jarris Walker. Who I mean, he had nine points. He had eight rebounds. Um, curious to get your guys' thoughts on Jarris Walker's performance overall. He had three turnovers as well. He just seemed more comfortable. He seemed healthier, mm-hmm. and I think that's the key. Um, we just we're seeing the rebounding number was better. He didn't get a lot of shot attempts because he didn't need a lot of shot attempts. Everybody yeah. else had the offense, you know, the rhythm flowing for them. But you could still see the flashes of his potential going forward if he's needed to uh, be a threat offensively. Uh, we saw Deion t- touched on, a, I think, after Saturday's game about like to see him get more touches, you know, mid-post and post. They did that a couple of times, but didn't do it a lot because it wasn't needed tonight. <laughs> so, but his skill set is there. It's going to get better. And I think once he gets healthy, because we really don't know how, on a scale of 100, where he is on that scale for health. But it, he's doing what he can to help the team win. And once he gets healthy, knock on wood, and then we'll just add, add another bullet to the gun for the arsenal. Yeah. Uh, t- to me, he also needs experience. Another young player that needs experience. And you, like Chris said, you see the potential. But I think he's learning how to play with Marcus and with Jamal and just with, with the team, with your mind, and, and picking and choosing within in the college game on when to pick his spots, when to take over. And and the Florida game was with the guards today. And so today he, he just rebound and, and make the plays that, that were there instead of – and he doesn't really force anything. And so I think this experience – every game experience is what he needs in, in big moments. And when he's having a big game and he can have a mismatch, I think he's going to dominate he took one three tonight, didn't hesitate, and he made it. Previous game, fans were kind of, even coaches and teammates, shoot it, man. Don't think about it. Shoot it. You catch it, shoot it. No hesitation tonight from that three, and he made it. And uh, as we start to wrap things up, I was able to pull together. We're gonna do. We're gonna do this, I and mean, we're gonna start doing this uh, forward. The top twenty-five scoreboard. At least, obviously, we know Houston's a lot of work. Man. At, <laughs> That's a lot of work. 
Top 25 scoreboard only. We won't do a, across the country. Uh, and, you know, maybe we'll abandon it because there were a couple of shocking uh, results at the very least. Um, there was one for sure. <laughs> yeah, which is the one I'm looking at, uh, Chris, when I'm I'm referring to. But obviously start at the top, number one, Houston. Um, say that again. Number one, Houston took care of business. They look like the number one team in the country tonight against Norfolk State. They beat them, obviously, of course, 100 to 52. We just mentioned number three, Virginia knocked off Michigan 70 to 68. Number 16, Illinois, they routed Syracuse 73 to 44. Number 22, Maryland, they beat Louisville 79 to 54. Number 19, Kentucky, they won 60 to 41. And Currently, there's one. No, 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 no. I'm I'm not skipping them. I'm leaving them for last, Chris, because um, this is the surprising score. But San Diego State, number 24, San Diego State, they're currently in a battle with UC Irvine, who I know we we mentioned it before. uh, Houston headed over up to the Pacific Northwest when they're going to play Oregon. Looks like UC Irvine Irvine, um, is legit this season. But the last game I saved is number six, Baylor. God, they got routed by Marquette, ninety-six to seventy. And Chris, you, we were talking about it as that game was going on. I mean, Baylor, at least during that stretch, they were shooting the ball well from the floor. They were still losing by twenty-plus points. At halftime, they were down twenty-five, I think twenty-four, twenty-five, and they shot fifty-five percent in the first half. Mm-hmm. And they were still down twenty-plus points because of sixteen turnovers were converted into twenty-four points. Man, so I'm Coach Drew, and I, that's going to be a fun trip back to Waco. <laughs> yeah, hard to win the game when you turn the ball over. Hard to win the game when you turn yep. the ball over. And so again, I'm shocked they get beat by that much, but that's a program with a good coach. And so I'm surprised you get beat. They got beat by that much, but I really, I still think in the end they're going to be contending, especially in the tournament. Oh, yeah. It's- it again, again. I mean, it just shows again what Houston was able to do this past Saturday. They committed, they had a lot of turnovers of their home on Saturday, which is a big reason why Kent State um, was competitive. Well, I mean, almost upset Houston when we were flat out. 23 Saturday, nine tonight. We do that against Alabama. You're not going to beat Alabama. You're not going to beat one of those top 25 teams uh, right. committing that many turnovers. But as we rack, uh, wrap things up, we have thank you, Apollo. Saying glad I was able to listen to the no. game on digital radio. No, I'm oh oh no, Chris. No. Yes, there it is. Andy Cam returns. Cougs win big. <sighs> Not a coincidence. I told you in previous shows I was going to get you. Andy Cam was going to return. Got you tonight. Be ready going forward. It's just <laughs> the beginning. These skills, he, you know, I have no idea how he got it. And you know what? I guess <laughs> I might as well embrace it because it's, an, it's a, it's a, I have no idea how he got it. First of all, I don't know what I'm doing with my eyes in that photo. Um, what am I doing? I don't know why my eyes are squinting. It looks like I'm doing at something. Um, and I'm, I'm I, I can't believe I didn't see him. I can't believe I didn't see anyone taking a photo. Like, dang, I'm blind. But, um, Anyways, these skills, H, I'm gonna be on the lookout now. I gotta, I don't know. I gotta, I gotta. I'm gonna, I'm attention. gonna broaden my network. You're not gonna know who who, who gets it. I'm gonna broaden the network. It's, it's gonna be a thing. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing with my eyes. Uh, T T I seventy seven ninety one says, "Man, seeing the future." Um, I can't remember that moment. I can't believe I couldn't see anyone taking photo, but that that's uh, funny. These skills, H Town. And that's a challenge. Now I'm like, one of these days I'm gonna catch you trying to take a photo. But as we wrap things up, um, Jerry twenty nine sixty eight said the entire team looked like they were running in the mud Saturday. It wasn't a shock when I heard they had a flu or a big uh, a breakthrough go through the games, um, in regard or breakthrough to the team in regards to uh, the sickness. But overall, I'm gonna wrap it off uh, with the uh, question of the show. Who's your guys' player of the game and why? We've had a couple of different answers. Jamal Shetramon, Mark, Marcus Sasser. Um, so I'm curious to get your thoughts on who you guys felt was the player of the game. And, Dan, I'll go with you first. I'm going to go with Jamal Mark. I think he, he jump-started. And not only did he make shots, he was efficient. Um, 
in shooting, and he also created well. Had six assists to go along with six rebounds. Remember the play where he was diving on the floor, getting a loose ball to J1, and that was early in the game. And so he still did the little things, the culture things as far as rebounding everything along with scoring and being aggressive and being efficient doing that. And he was able to play, make like I said. So I'm going to go with Jamal Moore. I'm going to go with Jamal Shedd. You know, I mean, the balance offense, he helped contribute to that. When Marcus missed his first, I think, two or three threes, Jamal was one locking down threes. Mm-hmm. Jamal and Jamal. And then Jamal ended up with 11 assists as well. So we can't go wrong tonight if you pick Jamal, Marcus, Jamal. Balance scoring, five guys in double digits, a lot of assists, 26 assists. Was it 26 assists on 38 buckets? Mm-hmm. And it's like, of course, we can pick, uh, pick Marcus, but. I'm glad Marcus finally started making his jumper, but I didn't pick him because I expect him to do what he did tonight on a big stage. But we're gonna need other people to, which is Jamal and Jamal to to get to score like that consistently. I know they might not. Everyone not gonna be as efficient as they were tonight, but still to be aggressive and like. But they still an experience. It's still early in the year, but it's just good to see it tonight. Yeah, and that's that's a good uh, point. I just want to bring up the comment by Ti seventy seven ninety one. He said, "Shed for me because if he if he of all he of all people gets the outside shot going along with the usual skills, look out." Um, which Dan, I know you've you've spoken on if if he can consistently knock down that three point. Like I said today, he only took four shots; they were all threes, and he hit all four of them. That certainly adds a layer of versatility. Um, Sorry, Chris, we both got distracted from that yeah. Hail Mary they're trying to do here. That certainly adds a layer of versatility um, to Houston's offense. And quite honestly, like we alluded to, and a night when Houston shoots as well as they did, there's not going to be a lot of teams in the country uh, they can stick with, with Houston. And the big reason for that, it's not because of the offensive numbers themselves, it's because of their culture and their identity, because you know they're going to defend well and you know they're going to rebound well. Um, and Calvin Sam's going to make sure that those are the priorities and the focus. But as we wrap things up, a big shout out to the sponsors once again, Hoop and Holler, Star Pizza, BB's, uh, the Fritz Kennel. Thank you each and every one of, of those sponsors for being a part of the show. Once again, if you are watching, if you do go to any of these establishments, be sure to tell them that Let's Rage Coop sent you. And, and again, it is a partnership. So be sure to uh, support those guys because they support us and it wouldn't be possible without them. And it, you're watching, listening to Let's Rage Coots presented by the Saxinian family. The Saxinian family, the primary sponsor of Let's Rage Coots, which is the unofficial postgame show for Houston men's basketball and football. And the Saxinian family will be the primary sponsor of Let's Rage Coots, carrying us throughout the regular season and into the American Athletic Conference tournament with um, the men's basketball season. Once again, the final score, Houston defeats Norfolk State 100-52. to Marcus Sasser led all scores with 25 points, and uh, Jamal Shedd had 12 points, uh, 11 assists for the double-double. Jamal Mark did a little bit of everything with 16 points, 6 assists, and 5 rebounds. So uh, go around the table. Dayon, I'll go around the panel. We're not we're not in a table present, but I'll go to you first. Um, where can people find you and your final takeaway, either of this game or where you're looking ahead Saturday when they play St. Mary's, uh, Mary's of the West Coast Conference? Um, find me on all social media platforms at Dayon Dunlap. You can't see it because of the sponsors. But thank you to all the sponsors. And so, um, on all social media forms at Dayon Dunlap. My takeaways of the game is uh, we got it going. Shots, uh, and maybe I'm able to make shots, and I think that's good for the team that's going forward. And looking forward to St. Mary's, I can't wait. That's a good, really good team and better competition. I want to see. Jamal Shed and the whole entire team continue to make shots because if they can make shots and open the floor for the big man and for himself to create for others, it's going to be hard to beat us. And Chris, where can people find you and what is your biggest takeaway looking ahead? Uh, HoustonRombarReview.com, HoustonRombarReview on Instagram and YouTube, Twitter, VHR Review. I'm putting it out there for you, Andy. If anybody joins us in Fort Worth at Dickey's Arena, you are part of the Andy Cam crew. Oh, so if no. you see Andy at Dickie's Arena, take that picture and send it to put it on Twitter or send it to me. I'm going to, like I said, I'm expanding the crew. We are going to make Andy Cam this season. But takeaways for St. Mary's matchup, 
at Dickens Arena in Fort Worth. I'm looking forward to the style of play is going to be important. St. Mary's veteran team, experienced team. So I'm going to see how the Cougs handle that. A little better competition, bigger players. But uh, we'll see how it goes because uh, Cougs should win. But we'll see. Absolutely. And on that note, I do want to give a shout out. Let me bring myself back on the screen there. Um, once again, the final score, Houston defeats Norfolk State 152. They will next take on or they will next get on the hardwood this upcoming Saturday, December 3 from Dickey's Arena in Fort Worth, which Dickey's Arena, that's going to be the home of the American Athletic Conference Tournament come March. So Houston fans, I mean, Houston fans are already really uh, familiar with that arena after the last few seasons that the conference has hosted the championship tournament in that venue, but it'll be at eight thirty PM tip. So uh, a little bit of a later tip. It, it'll be a return of let's rage Cougs after dark on Saturday. And it's going to be let's rage Cougs um, from Fort Worth. Um, at least in regards to Chris, uh, you and me, we will be there. Now we need to get you on board. We need to have a full show. Um, and we said as possible, we can all be on that on one screen together. Um, Ryan Monceau and I did that. I couldn't really tell because of how terrible the Wi-Fi is, but it is possible to have everyone on the screen without being different panels. So, um, Chris, like you always said, onward and upward, and we are exactly doing that. For anyone that may be watching, may be interested in sponsoring Let's Rage Coops presented by the Sicilian family and joining a sponsor role up here with our current sponsors, be sure to reach out at Let's Rage Coops or email me at Let's Rage Coops at gmail.com. There's not just other banners as you see on the screen. You can have if you home have your own commercial and you like to play a commercial embedded into the show we do that as well you've seen that um with the sack Ave commercials for um, star pizza during the football season uh live reads sponsored segments um a whole lot of stuff we can do um just reach out to me at let's reach Cougs at gmail.com be sure to follow us on social media as well instagram and tiktok Let's Rage Cougs, obviously, on Twitter at Pod Slime Jamma. Be sure to follow the Pod Slime Jamma YouTube channel. And, I mean, this has been a presentation of Let's Rage Cougs, so that's going to do it for today's episode. We'll see you back on the road. Let's Rage Cougs After Dark, Saturday night in Fort Worth. Andy Cam. <laughs>